With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, what's up Spurs fans? We wanted to wait a little bit there. If there's a little bit of just two seconds or something of us just like talking or, or beginning to or not talking sitting there not talking uh we were just testing out some stuff making sure we were good um for the stream because sometimes we when it had opened up it had been the middle of one of us talking but anyways welcome into sspn y'all we appreciate you see four guys in here already you guys see with the title what we're going to talk about but um this past week me and Ethan just been chilling we uh we had some stuff come up we had a stream scheduled for last Thursday didn't end up working out but We'll be back on the trail here pretty soon. And in the meantime, I want to say thank you to you guys for all the support on our latest video. Even though we weren't able to put out any clips or anything like that, the views were up on that as well. We had a lot of growth in subscribers. So thank you guys for the support on that video, even though we weren't able to make any extra content out of it like we have with the other live streams. So seriously, that was our most successful video so far, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's at 2.6 thousand right now around there. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, Spurs family, we appreciate you. We've got some more big Spurs content stuff uh, coming on the way soon. You may see us in other places, but I'll just leave it at that. I know that there's there's some news on the way for sure. But um, anyways, Ethan, let's just talk about these guys. I know that Trey Jones feels like the star of the show um, when it comes to just this, this summer league so far. But do you want to start out with anybody else in particular or just jump into just how great he's looked? Uh, well, I think he'll take probably the most time out of our out of our live stream here. So let's go ahead and start with uh, two of our other young young bucks, Devin Vassell, and of course our rookie Joshua Primo. I've liked what I've seen from both of them so far, Jude. Um, I think Primo's averaging about fourteen and a half points in summer league. Not shooting incredible uh, with incredible efficiency, but I like what I see from him as far as confidence. Um, and I didn't know he had as much in his bag as he has shown. I thought he was going to be primarily a sit-in-the-corner guy and knock down some threes, but the Spurs have been giving him the ball, letting him facilitate a little bit when Trey Jones is not in the game, and it, he seems to be very comfortable, and it, it seems to me like there is no shot that he has taken there. He's like, oh, I, I didn't want to shoot this. Like he, He's shooting with confidence, and I like seeing that in someone as young as he is because we, that tells me that his ceiling is just – you know, way higher than anyone had thought previously. And also defensively, he's playing incredible defense. Uh, he's only shooting, I think, was at 31% from three this uh, this summer league, which is a little low, but um, with, with Chip England and a little bit more experience, that is sure to, to increase as time goes on. But defensively, he's, he's a dog out there. He's giving 110% effort, and I like what I see from him. Same goes for Devin Vassell. Especially, you know, we knew that Rudy Gay was kind of his mentor this past year when he was a rookie. He really looks up to Rudy. And it shows because he's shown me that he has a lot more in his game than just sitting in the corner and knocking down threes. He's like to get into that elbow area, pull up jumpers, uh, turnaround jumpers. You know, he's able to score in the mid-range at a pretty efficient clip um, as well as from three. And he's got a lot more athleticism than I think a lot of us were giving him credit for. And we all know what he's capable of as, as a defender uh, but I'm excited for him, um, more so based on what I've seen from him as a leader, 
he seems to be really pulling these young guys together and saying, you know, this is Trey and I's chance to, to lead a young team and try and get some wins here in Summer League. Absolutely. You know, I, I got to just say ditto to, to everything you said, but just to give my thoughts on on both of those guys that you talked about, when it comes to Devin, although he didn't play too much because he did get mm-hmm. a little injury, and yes. it's like, we're not going to risk him getting further hurt by forcing him to play in really a meaningless, I mean, it's a, a league about development, and he's, a second, yeah. he's going into his second year, so it doesn't really matter that much, but when it comes to Devin Vassell, we saw him have the opportunity to go deep in his bag. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, we expected him as kind of a a better version of Danny Green was maybe kind of what we were envisioning after this year. Maybe there's some potential. You never know just because he's so young. But after this season, it's like maybe, you know, a Danny Green who can do a little bit more and, you know, maybe a little bit isn't as hot and cold as a shooter. But from what we saw here in the summer league, we're seeing that his development is much more than that. And there was a lot of that that he, that he showed at Florida State. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't always go back and watch, you know, first year Florida State games or just something like that. You know, sometimes Spurs fans like myself, really, I mean, I watch college basketball, but I'm definitely more um, I don't really learn learn about the guys that are drafted onto our roster until they're playing for us, even if that's the Austin Spurs, the Summer League, or you know the the main roster. We'll see what happens. But once again, just going back to Devin, the the step back jumpers that he showed, the way he was able to shoot over defenders. Um, I think that his length as a mid range shooter is something that. Um, we might have underestimated. And, and also, for that matter, as a three-point shooter, if somebody's trying to close out, I mean, the, the wingspan that he has, the way that he's able to be as good of a shooter and as smooth of a shooter as he is with the wingspan that he has, that that's something that's not necessarily always common unless you know, you're a player that has that. There are only a few other handful of guys that, that you can mention. I mean, look at Giannis has, has such a great wingspan, has had shooting problems. LeBron, mm-hmm. same thing. While definitely has had some good shooting years, still has had shooting issues and, you know, some of those heat series as well. You know, so for him to have the shooting ability he has right now, obviously he's a lot smaller than Giannis and LeBron. But, but at the same time, with that wingspan and being able to shoot the way he does uh, is a huge asset for him. And just the way that he was able to create you know, we didn't get to see that. We were never really going to see that on the Spurs this season, regardless, just because of the fact that he's a rookie. The only person who's ever really done that in Spurs history is Tim Duncan or David Robinson, right? Those are the only two guys. So to see him go into his bag a little bit, show off a little bit of the mid-range game, and he also hit some tough contested threes, too, with mm-hmm. a lot of arc. And once again, really, when I'm just thinking about this over in my head, and I know I'm repeating myself, but the ability to be able to shoot over certain defenders, and it's not necessarily because he's taller than them, it's just because of the length, and the way that he's so comfortable, and he knows how to get to certain spots to make sure that, you know, he's just far away enough to get the shot up over a defender, and these are things that we didn't see at all last season, because obviously Pop wasn't going to allow him to do this in the NBA, Mm -hmm. so to see this in the summer league, um, like you said with Devin Vassell, his ceiling is just a lot higher than you thought it was. And it's the same thing with Josh Primo. I mean, coming into this, we were expecting him to be like a shot up, spot up shooter. We see now the Spurs want to play him really as a one or a two, really as a one. I mean, they want him handling the ball as a point guard, 
Um, but the ability that he has to hit contested shots too, and shots where he's moving. I remember there was uh, one highlight that I saw where he came off a screen late, and there were basically two guys contesting the shot, and he shot over both of them with like <laughs> when he got hit in his hip. So he's like moving midair, two guys trying to contest a shot, gets it up over and hits the three. And this was like late in the game too. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this might have been the Hornets game. It may have been the Nets game. I think it was actually the Nets game. Yeah. And that was kind of fun to see him and Cam Thomas go back and forth. I'm an LSU fan. You guys have probably seen the hat every once in a while. And and to see them kind of relive that rivalry in the summer game was cool for me as a Spurs fan. I never thought I'd be rooting for the Alabama guy, but I guess I was in this one. And they were going at it. I know Cam, Cam Thomas had 36 in that game, but... It was cool to see them kind of like, there was a time where he blocked Cam Thomas too. You talked about his defensive ability. Mm-hmm. That is something that I did not, didn't even anticipate from the tape in Alabama. Um, he's a physical defender. He gives effort. Um, and you can tell that he wants to be good. There were a couple mm-hmm. blocks that I saw. The length that he has is underrated. I could go on and on about this, Ethan, but, but I think you get what mm-hmm. I'm getting at here too. I'm just, I'm kind of just agreeing with what you said, but the ability that he has, um, physically just the the assets that he has physically not just on defense not just on offense but just in general um allow him to do so many things on both sides of the floor and i just want to say take all this with a grain of salt because it is the summer league these guys are still young and you know let's be realistic josh primo's not going to probably play on the actual roster um at least this season if not maybe late in the season depending on what happens with injuries and covid protocol all that jazz um and he did show glimpses of his age. He is 18 years old. He had some, you know, just like mind, you know, brain farts where he turned the ball over a little bit too often or he was a little bit too, you know, laissez-faire with, you know, making the pass through the lane or something like that. But he is young. Like I said, only 18 years old and managing to do all the things that you just said and more. It, it, it's very uh, encouraging as a Spurs fan. And same for Devin Vassell. We don't even know if Devin's going to get that much playing time this year. So it's nice to see that he's still, you know, he's he's managed to cultivate Develop. this, yeah, this swagger too. You know, last season, I don't know if you you know, ever realized this, but he he always seemed to me like a very shy, timid guy that didn't want to step on anyone's toes, and he was just going to go out there and and, and do his job, which play, was, his role, play his role, stick to his role. Yeah, this summer league, he he seems a lot more like boisterous, like in your face, like I'm I'm the dog on this team, you know, for the few games that he did play. And I'm going to lead this team just to get some dubs, and I'm going to take take over at the end of the fourth quarter, stuff like that. I liked seeing that from a guy as young as Devin Vassell as well. Yeah, we had somebody uh, interact with us on Twitter earlier today. I want to give him a shout-out, Radio at Mesquite Rock. Um, he talked about Vassell's aggressiveness, and mm-hmm. you just mentioned it. I mean, it, that, that was such um, a great way to put it, the fact that he was going out and taking it, and the fact that he can be in a position, and regardless of, like you said, it's summer league. So obviously, everybody knows Devin Vassell is the top guy there. But the fact that he knew he was the top guy, recognized it, and mm-hmm. did things that the top guy on a team should do, right? Um, yeah. Even if it's just a... He took advantage of the opportunity and gained and showed his leadership skills. Not only did he show his skills on the court, but he showed it, even though it's off the court, it helps on the court. I don't know if that makes sense. Y'all get what does, I'm saying. Yeah. Leadership is not on the floor, but it still affects the floor. So that is a huge thing, and and I completely agree with you there. Lots of growth, like I said, on the floor and off the floor for Devin Vassell. And just addressing, I think we're we're one in three right now in the summer league. Yes. So you know we haven't been winning that many games. They've been pretty close, despite 
that. But I think our biggest difficulties haven't been with our three guys that we're mainly talking about today, Trey Jones, Devin, and Primo. You know, Based on what I've seen, it's just we're getting beaten down on the boards. We're second to last in the summer league in rebounds per game. We don't have that much size. Despite having guys that are athletic like Daquan Jeffries, you know, we're just not that big. And yeah. so you know, that, 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 I think, is the reason we haven't been winning very many games because we're sixth in three-point percentage, you know, third in field goal percentage. We're making shots, and Trey Jones is going crazy. Uh, we, can, we can touch on that if you, whenever you're ready, Jude. But I think that's just the main reason we haven't been winning games is size. Yeah, and it's ironic because that was a problem for us on the on the regular season team yeah. last year too. So it's just interesting to kind of see those parallels. Um, hopefully that'll be fixed. It seems like with with the off season moves that we've made that was fixed. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's going to take a little bit to get that six eleven Zach Collins in there, um, but we're still going to have six eleven Jock Landale. But it's still going to take him a little bit time too because he's got to you know earn his minutes. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. We also play here in just about, I think, a little bit over an hour, um, or, or in just under an hour, excuse me, against the Charlotte Hornets. So we get to see Leangelo again. Um, I think it's the Hornets. It might be somebody else, but it, it, maybe not. We're, point is, we're it's OKC, actually. Never mind. It's OKC at four. Um, and also, shout out to Abdi. What's up, my guy? Appreciate you being in here. Antonio, what's up? Shout out to, as, as Rob likes to say, shout out to the International Amigos, Brazilian Spurs <laughs> fan. Hey, hey, we're here uh, all the way from Texas, Texas to Brazil, yeah. Spurs Nation. So um, what else do we have here? So, yeah, we have, we have Trey Jones that we could mm-hmm. talk about. We also have Wheeze Camp that we could talk about. Yes, Wheeze Camp. Noah, Noah Perez also, y'all see that pop video. I literally was I just, like, while we were on air, I was on, I don't know why I was on Instagram. I was trying to find something else, but I just saw that. And shout out to Pop. I mean, he, he's mm-hmm. talking his mess, and he's, you know, the best in the world right now after getting that gold medal. So, yeah, <laughs> that's all. You can't be mad at him. And another person who should be able to talk all the mess that they want in the world right now, Ethan, is Trey Jones. And let me say... You know, usually, Ethan, I really try to be humble. I try to, I try to not, you know, be like, you know, oh, it was all me or whatever. But I will say, if you go back to that positional breakdown video, the first one that kind of got us bumping a little bit in the algorithm, I was talking about how I thought Trey Jones probably might be ready to play this year. And here we are, August 16th, Ethan, yep. 300 subscribers later. Trey Jones is looking like the best player uh, on the team, <laughs> you know, yep. and obviously Vassell is hurt, but um, still definitely showing his value as a steal of a second round pick. I mean, I was even seeing videos on YouTube of just NBA channels, Ethan, and they were just like, holy, like they, they were like, is this the Spurs next steal? <laughs> you know, and it's Trey Jones and it's just like, it's crazy. But he was, I think we got him with the first pick in the second round, right? Or it was early in the second it round. It was definitely early in the second round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I we we've both been high on Trey Jones for a long time. You know, going back. Yes, like when it's not just me. You too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to just like yeah, yeah. But and then when G League play started last season, we were both like, man, this kid Trey Jones for a second round pick is just a natural on the court when it comes to playmaking for others. And we both had the same worries about him, which was his perimeter jump shot. Would he be able to create being you know a little bit undersized at that position nowadays? And He's making a statement. I mean, the dude's averaging twenty three points in the in the. I know it's a summer How league. How many assists is he averaging too? 
That's got to be pretty high, right? He's averaging six assists per yes. game. And, that's, and the only reason it's that low is because he's having to score like he is. Mm-hmm. Correct. And Devin Vassell's not there, so I'm sure he would be getting a lot more yes. assists if Devin Vassell was on the court. But the biggest takeaway for me, because I, I, we both knew that he was a terrific playmaker. We both knew he could get inside and finish with the best of them. But 36% from three. I did not see that coming, Jude. This guy has been working, and it is obvious. He is ready to be that backup point guard and be the facilitator off the bench unit. And I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to create narratives that I have no proof for. But maybe that Bryn Forbes signing, maybe it rubbed him a little bit. <laughs> maybe it rubbed him the wrong way. Maybe he's like, okay, I was supposed to be the backup point guard. I've been working all summer long. No offense, Bryn Forbes is washed. <laughs> Yeah, y'all bring <laughs> That's in. That's what Trey Jones is saying. Y'all bring it in Bryn Forbes to take my minutes, and he's like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm going to show you what I got in my bag." And he's showing everybody, and the NBA's taking notice. Trey Jones is playing terrific, 51% from the field. Like I said, 36% from three, 90% from the free throw line. Jude, 90%, yes. and he's been clutch he's- in game time situations. He's been clutch, Jude. Like, yes. I love what I'm seeing from Trey Jones. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. No, I don't know when I, I don't know if I said this on our last episode, but I will say it now. And dare I say it, Trey Jones is the most natural point guard on this team. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that he's the best point guard on this team, mm-hmm. but he is the most natural point guard on this team. Let's not forget, too, this kid played two years at Duke. Like, I don't know why we just forget this. And that extra year of development probably helped him a lot. I mean, yeah. if you stay, he was, I remember Trey Jones, he's Tyus Jones' little brother. Everybody thought he was actually going to be better than him. That was like the the thing, uh, you know? And so it was just insane to kind of see um, how well he's played. But it's just, once again, a testament to his work ethic and, and the value that we got at that pick. That's something that the Spurs have just done. I know that we have... You know, some sometimes we have some gripes about the draft and, and we criticize the Spurs. We wish they would do this or that or, or whatever. But the one thing that they do a really darn good job of is late in that draft, they, they find some value picks. And a lot of times, you know, you, you get frustrated. Even with this pick, it was like, oh, there's so many guards. Like even Abdi's mentioning that right now in the chat. Um, and when you got drafted, it was like, okay, I mean, I guess we'll have a third string point guard, but it's like we already have Derek and DeJounte. Why do we why are we doing this? And then now we realize, okay, well, we're gonna play Derek at the two. So that opens it up a little bit. And then Patty leaves. And I know we just signed Bryn Forbes, but now it's like you just never know what can happen. So now you have Trey Jones sitting here going for 34, 8, and 9 and hitting the game winning shot and getting the game winning steal in back to back possessions uh when Devin Vassell's out. I mean, there, there's not really. He's making a, an argument that you can't deny, and and it's just with his play, and that's just the best way to go about it. And yeah, I, that's really all I got to say about that. I'm trying to think of other ways to put it, but you really earlier, Ethan, you, you you said it all. He's averaging two more rebounds than Joshua Primo. Josh Primo is six 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 eleven wingspan. Trey Jones is. You know, a generous six feet tall. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It what looks his like he is. might be actually a little bit taller, and I'm dead serious. I was with some some Spurs fans, or I was texting texting him, and they they were also saying that he looked a little bit taller. And maybe that's just me. Y'all can tell me in the chat right now if Trey Jones looked taller to you on the floor. But I'm dead serious. I'm not just saying that, Ethan. Like he really mm-hmm. did look like he was standing next to some guard who was like six five or something, and he looked like kind of almost near him. So I'm not saying anything crazy. They can grow. Um, but I think, I think that there's a chance that he might be at around like six, two or something now. 
I'm maybe, for it. but that could be that could just me be me be me seeing things too at the same time. So maybe I'm wrong there, but I I really think um, that he is he's definite he's another player once again just grown. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about the things that he does well, you talked about the shooting. You, we know the playmaking. You see it when he takes the ball up the floor. You can just tell, okay, this dude knows how to set up an offense. You know that he can direct. But the way that he has been able to beat dudes off the dribble, there was a play where he split two defenders in front of him. Two guys split the defenders, goes up. E- well, I was going to say easy layup, but it was actually a contested layup. So that's what this kid has been doing. Um, he's been able to modify his shot midair when he's driving in and just make these difficult layups. Um like you said, his shooting has been great. And I would like to say once again, that's another thing that I feel like I called, Ethan. Maybe not completely, but I remember saying on this show, I was like, look, yes, it needs some work. But still, it's like, think about how like far ahead he was of like DeJounte and where DeJounte is now. And I was like, okay, well, with Chip England, that's Trey mm-hmm. Jones is at a better starting point, which means he has a higher ceiling. And now he's yep. already, like you said, we're seeing he's already basically shooting a, uh, an above average um, percentage. So, I mean, the way that he has played, I, I really can't say it enough. The best way that I can describe, the best thing that you can do to understand this is to go watch his highlights and see him create, not just for others, which he has done as a point guard for so long, but create for himself and also the defense that he plays too. We already knew he was a lockdown perimeter defender, um, but but the offensive development and the bag that he has shown his bag. That is the best way that I can describe it. There you go. So, sorry, my dog's barking. I don't know if anyone can hear that, but just excuse it for <laughs> faintly, the moment. Faintly. Yeah, just faintly <laughs> in the background. But I just wanted to say, I want to ask you a question, Jude. I know his, you know, production as far as scoring will go down should he get some minutes with the actual Spurs. We're not expecting him to get, you know, thirty-four, nine, and eight again in the NBA. Yeah. But if if just his percentage, three-point percentage continues you know to to maintain that 36 percent mark would you rather give him the reins at that backup point guard spot or would you rather play Bryn and Lonnie next to each other because Bryn's 45 percent from three now you know what I'm saying but he's not the playmaker that Trey Jones is nor is he someone that we have invested a lot in as far as like drafted him you know what I'm saying so go ahead do your spiel okay <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I was I was on the Trey Jones train, regardless. I wanted him to sign to be the backup point guard before the signing. I wanted him to be the backup point guard still after the signing. Um, I thought it was more realistic that that Bryn, um, you know, played that would end up playing that point guard spot in the last episode we had. That's where I, I actually had him starting. I mean, it, but maybe he ends up playing that backup point guard position. But I would much rather have Trey Jones. And it, and it has nothing to do with the three-point shooting. It has to do with everything else. Yeah. Like, And he's just so much better at everything else. And he's already a decent three-point shooter. So I don't see the benefit like of Bryn Forbes at all. Like You can assume Lonnie will be a little bit better from three this year. Maybe he's not. But it doesn't really matter because we're all of our signings w- was just shooting. So like, I know that Bryn Forbes was one of those signings. But... I think that Doug McDermott and and Jock Landale and Zach Collins and you know I, I, whoever we have, I'm with you, Abdi. Bryn is such a liability mm-hmm. on defense. That's the best way to put it. And why would you have that liability out there when you have a non-rookie 
who has proven what he can do, is a much better defender, a much more versatile defender, can run the offense better, get people to their spots better, which is going to allow for more open shots, can drive to the rim. The only thing Bryn can do better than him is shoot. And it's like, yes, it is a big gap percentage-wise, but... When it if you take the percentages out, it's really not that big of a gap. It's just like Trey isn't going to make as many, but he's going to make a like most of the time. If you leave him wide open, he's going to drain it. And mm-hmm. it's like I feel like the other guys on the roster, or they'll the compensate for will, him. Will compensate? Yes, exactly. They'll compensate for Ben's at, uh, or Ben Ben's Brins. <laughs> ben Simmons just in my head. Uh, we do not. Speaking of shooting, Ben Simmons cannot. Um, mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, with Bryn, I, I just don't I don't see the benefit. I don't see the benefit. So Me neither. Just making sure that we were on the same page. Because I've been wanting Trey Jones to be our backup point guard pretty much, you know, since April. <laughs> now, with that being said, with that being said, <laughs> the Austin Spurs starting lineup this year could very well be Trey Jones, Josh Primo, Vassell, and Weisskamp. <laughs> And then this Nate Renfro guy. Wees Camp at that four spot. Camp, they played him at the four spot in the summer league, too. Yeah, so. a couple times. Uh, Wees Camp's another guy. He kind of started off really slow. Yeah, he couldn't get a shot to go in. And he's kind of picked up his pace a little bit, showing that he's you know got that college veteran understanding of the game, knows where he needs to be. He got a lot of open shots because he's a, he's a terrific off-ball uh, player. Uh, but... I don't know if you have anything else to say about him. There wasn't really much for me, at least, to go on. You know, um, I think the thing that I really learned about Wee's camp in this, and I saw this a little bit on tape in college, but I wasn't sure how it would translate to the NBA. And obviously, it's not the NBA, but still the summer league. You're playing, you know, t- higher talent than college basketball in the Big Ten. Um, and the Big Ten's a good conference. That wasn't a shade on them. It's just that's what it is. The summer league's more talented. Um, Wee's camp can roll to the rim pretty well. He he has some off-ball movement going inside that, that I was not expecting. I obviously expected the, the off-ball movement on the perimeter um, and for him to make shots. You talked about his comfortability. I felt like when I watched every highlights game, it was just like every game, he was finding his spots a little bit better. He was getting a little bit more comfortable with Trey or Devin or, you know, Primo, whoever was out there running the offense. Um, and he just started hitting more threes. I mean, that's literally what happened as each game went on. He just got more comfortable. Um, he's got some athleticism that I didn't expect. Like I said, he can roll to the rim and dunk. Um, I think he's a little, even if he's 6'6", I think he's like 6'6 six, six and three quarters. Um, I think he's a little bit closer to 6'7", uh, even though he's still 6'6". Six, six. You, you get what I'm saying there. Um so I think those are all good things. I think I just there were little kind of um, pockets of of things in his bag that you didn't know. They weren't they weren't as uh, as deep as a Devin Vassell or a Joshua Primo who have really shown off that ability to and even Trey Jones to score off the dribble and create their own shot and create you know open shots for themselves um, and create good shots you know out of nothing. That's what those three guys have shown, which is just incredible. Um, and while Wieskamp didn't show that, he did show other little nuggets in his arsenal um, that I didn't know that he had. So like, really just the off-ball movement um, on the entirety of the floor, 
and just the way that he finishes inside, he he always goes for the dunk. He doesn't go for the layup, which you wouldn't expect from a guy who was a, a Duncan Robinson, Robinson protege, which I think that really that I think that that will translate over to the NBA. And I think that's something that like a Duncan Robinson doesn't have. He's more than just a three point shooter. Like he can he can finish, too. He's a much better rebounder, too, than people give him. That's what I forgot as well. That as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by that. His wingspan helps him. He, he, he's really he's a, he's more aggressive than what I thought he would be. And that's just me being ignorant about <laughs> Iowa basketball. <laughs> you weren't watching Luka Garza all year. No. <laughs> no, not at I'm all. I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, well, let's see. So those are really all four of our guys, Ethan. But we do still have 17 guys on the roster. And I know that last episode... We kind of broke this all down. We we were like, all right, this is what's probably going to happen. It looks like we might actually move Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Aminu off of it. And I think that the Spurs definitely explored that, tried as long as they could to find something, but ultimately just ended up having to take them on um, to get something out of the DeMar trade. And now our roster is once again, finally, officially, now I know before we, we had it sitting here, but now it's all official. Um, there, you know, there weren't any hiccups, you know, there weren't any changes that were made and it's finalized, which means that there are two people on this roster that will not be on it, uh, come opening night. And we can't, I'm pretty sure we can't send Josh Primo on a two way because he is a lottery pick. So Wieskamp is the only one and and Abdi, Austin's first battle win the chip this year. (laughs) That's who we're going to change. This whole hey, channel's going to change. That would be great. <laughs> we're, if, we're only going to cover the Austin Spurs. Yes, if they really run that lineup, if they run that they might. I, they'd have a chance if they ran that lineup. They'd be one of the more talented teams in the G League, but I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, who, do you, who do you think's getting either waived, I guess, or traded for a, like a second rounder? I don't, I don't even know how he would do it other than just cutting people. Honestly. Yeah, so that's I guess my question is what do you how do you even think I know there are multiple possibilities, but well here, let's just talk about those. So what are we gonna do? We can trade somebody, mm-hmm. um, but there's only a few there's only a certain handful of guys on the roster that you can trade that are that are allowed to be traded. Um I forget exactly what that list is. I, a while ago I had it, I saw it on Twitter. But then we could also cut somebody um and just pay them, kinda like we did with Damari Carroll. This is actually the last year we're paying Damari Carroll. This season will be. So there are some kind of consequences to that, although it didn't affect us this year. But you never know. You never know when that $2 million could get you, you know, some max player. Um, so just be wary of that. Um, and then the third thing that we could do is maybe maybe move Eubanks' contract to a two-way since it's not guaranteed. No! I know. I know. Oh. I know we say. I know. No, no, no. And I disagree with you. But I think that that is like, now that I thought about it, I think that's the other option because he's not guaranteed. That might be one of the other few contracts where we could keep, that would be the one way where we could keep everybody on the roster right now that's in the organization, in the organization. Do the Spurs want to do that? I don't necessarily think so. Probably the most likely thing that I would put my money on right now is that we just trade Al Farouk somewhere first, like some picks. See, I don't even think we can get a second rounder for Al Farouk at this point. You don't Honestly, think somebody out there would take mm-hmm. would do us a favor in in twenty 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 eight? What if we sent them some picks? What if it's like a pick swap? Twenty twenty eight second round pick swap. Maybe that 
honest, but I, I, I feel like a buyout with Al Farouk Aminu is more likely than a trade. That's honestly, I see what you're saying there. Unless we're packaging him with Thad again, and we get rid of both of them, some somebody will get want Thaddeus Young. He still is able to contribute. You know, I don't want to criticize Aminu, but, but he hasn't shown anything. But Thaddeus Young, I guess, is the question. I thought I think we do. I think we the, do too. The problem. I think we want Thaddeus Young, which begs the question: Why on earth did we ever sign Bryn Forbes? Because that signing happened after the trade, right? Yeah, yes. Like, we clearly didn't need anyone else on the roster, but <laughs> but we're gonna, we're gonna I, sign him anyway. We're gonna sign Bryn Forbes, bro. I bet you. Imagine Pop like got a call or something, and Bryn's mm-hmm. like, "Yo, nobody's giving me a contract." I'm gonna have to That's go play overseas. Pop's like, "Don't worry, Buster, we gotcha." Oh man! <laughs> but it is only a two-year deal, and I'm pretty sure he's getting paid like minimum money. So, Abdi says, uh, "Give give Jacques a two-way and Wieskamp a two-way, and then cut well, Al Farouk." The problem is, is I'm pretty sure Jock Landale's contract has already been signed, and we signed him to specifically a two-year NBA contract. So he so, can't be a two-way So player. he can't, because I read the, the Australian article. He That was because I checked that too, and unfortunately. Well, but the good news is, what, what that does tell me though, is that means the Spurs actually want him to play, which which makes me happier than moving him to a two-way. Because like, I don't want a 25-year-old on a two-way. I want a 25-year-old. If we're going to bring in a 25-year-old professional, let's play him. Let's, not, let's get yeah. him involved in the system. It's going to take him a little bit to get his feet wet. But let's play him. Let's not send him to Austin. That makes, you know. Well, I, th- I think everyone agrees, including you and I, Jude, that Alfaru Kaminu is going to be gone uh, from from the roster. See Jose, yeah. In some way, he will be gone. Whether that's cut or, like you said, maybe a couple pick swaps in there and just trade him away. Um, but the other option, you know, I think it really comes down to, Chan- what we do with Chandler Hutchinson, honestly. Because I always forget that he's on the roster. And I, quite... I forgot again until you said it just now, 32 minutes into this show. Yeah, And, <laughs> and I forgot on the last show, too. <laughs> and another, Jose brings another, I don't know if this is what he was intending when he typed in with Collins a question Dude. mark. With um, Collins. Myself. Yeah, you're good. If Collins is hurt. No, we're not getting rid of Collins. We paid him too much to get rid of Collins. No, but, and we signed him into a long-term contract. Yeah, we're not getting rid of Collins. I don't He's think that's what he was saying, but I just yeah. thought about that. But if it comes down to champ, the two players that uh, I think— Jose said with Collins out, I'm pretty sure is what he means. We need that. Oh, we need which I Which I agree yes. with. I, I, I can yes. see that. Yeah, Al Farouk. If that's Al-Farouk, what you're saying, though. then yes. Yeah. Al Farouk's gone. Uh, Bryn Forbes and Chandler Hutchinson are— but Ch- Chandler Chan- Hutchinson— I would he much rather gone. get rid of Bryn Forbes and Chandler Hutchinson, to be completely honest with you. Me too. Because he seems like he has a higher ceiling, and we literally got him for free. <laughs> like We didn't give up anything to get him. The Bryn Forbes signing is just so strange to me because it feels like they want him to play. But objectively, I feel like every Spurs fan wants him to be just like, like a Udonis Haslam, where he never plays. He's basically like injury, like Rob a safety net. That's what Rob thought it was. Yeah, that's what Rob, was, I, I hope that's what it is. Which is interesting because that's not what I thought immediately. I hope that's what it is too. I hope that mm-hmm. he's coming in and he's going to help out all these young guys for the next two years. And 
Pop was just like, hey, you can come train here. You know you'll get a contract afterwards. You're still a proven shooter. You'll add great depth to us. If one of these young guys get hurt, he'll come in and play into the system. These next two years, you can even get your coaching chops up. I mean, maybe Bryn mm-hmm. wants to be a coach too. Maybe this yeah. is literally like a mentorship stop. And I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but I don't know. I Unfortunately, I have a feeling that on opening night, Bryn Forbes will definitely get yeah. significant minutes. Um, but... I'm with you. I'd rather have Chandler Hutchinson. He's six yeah. six. He's a better defender. He's just as I mean, he's not just as good of a shooter, but he's like he's better than Trey Jones is as a shooter. Mm-hmm. Um I don't yeah, I don't really understand it. Louise makes a good point. Maybe a trade is coming. Maybe that, that's why they picked that, up Forbes. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that that is another I don't know, like you said, I think maybe is the key word in your comment there, Luis. But that is another possibility too, because with 17 guys on the roster, like anything's possible. You can't rule out, and all these guards too, you can't rule out that we're not moving one of them still. Mm-hmm. And I know that DeJounte and even Derek have been all, you know, like Spurs, 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 you know, and I know that there's the whole DeJounte thing, and then now he's, of course, coming out like, I don't, you know, now he's all Spurs, right? And we were just reading into it too much, but. Maybe one of those guys get moved. Maybe, maybe even Lonnie gets traded. I have no idea, but that's a possibility too. And I don't. Th- I think it's a little bit more real than we think. Um, yeah. Do I necessarily predict that it's going to happen? Probably not. But I think that it's it, there's more like reality in that than we're giving it credit for. You know what I mean? Like I think Spurs fans are like, oh no way, we would trade you know Dejounte or Derek now at this point. But jeez, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, honestly, it could be as simple as like. They're going to package Brent. Because Brent Forbes, to me, has more trade value than Al Farouk Aminu because of how oh, well absolutely. he shot in the playoffs. So I think if we package Al Farouk Aminu... Al Farouk Aminu has been rotting in Orlando for yeah, like he really three has. years. <laughs> Honestly, poor guy. He well, he's so been living nice. his best life, but basketball-wise, no. No. Uh, so Al Farouk Aminu, Brent Forbes, and honestly, Chandler Hutchinson. Package those three guys... That honestly, I don't know where we would put him because as much as I like Chandler Hutchinson because we got him for free, he's probably not going to play that much. You know, would you mm-hmm. play him over Dougie McBuckets? I wouldn't. Would no. you play him over Devin Vassell? I wouldn't. And so, you know, maybe that's the idea. And maybe they won't get that much in return. Maybe they're honestly looking for just like a like a protected first for three dudes. Like that's really like like attractive to somebody who like a team like. The Lakers, honestly. Mm-hmm. The Lakers could do that. I don't know if they have enough space on cap space to do that um, without at least giving us someone in return. Now that I'm thinking about it. But, yeah, I, I, maybe there's a trade coming and we just don't know what it is. Or we're overreacting and the Spurs are going to cut Lonnie Walker and that's it. <laughs> yeah, or, or Alfred Camino, right? Um, Alfred Camino is gone, I think. I think that's a yeah. guarantee. I think probably Alfred Camino just gets cut. And Wieskamp gets a two-way and problem solved. Um, I'm down for that. I I hope. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that as well. I just hope that we don't we don't send one of these young promising players away, and that includes like guards, like any of them. Like if I don't know, I don't know what it would be, but I just don't see a good move. Um, training any of those guys. I mean, maybe I'd have to see what we could get back, but what, like what's on the market right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause Bradley Beal says he doesn't want to be traded. So yeah. And if no, he is, he's going to the Warriors. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's not coming here. 
There, there are so many other like. There's no big trade possibilities for the Spurs right now, no. other than Ben Simmons, which uh, is asking me. for everything. Yes. And the problem is, is that the way that this roster is set up is it would make sense if they did it, and that's the problem. And yeah. maybe it, you know it wouldn't make sense to us, but it would make sense in the sense. <laughs> sense twice but it would make sense in the sense that they took on all these players because they knew that they were going to move other you know they were going to move a significant amount for ben simmons you see yeah. do, does that does that make sense it does it does <laughs> for the you players. know what sucks about that ben simmons trade talk is that honestly i, I liked ben simmons a little bit to come to the spurs before that series because you know, that series is, I think everyone is, including us, are, we're guilty of like recency bias because he's an all star caliber player. We saw him drop 40 points on the Spurs team. You know, we saw him go crazy on it. He's a gifted playmaker. Uh, I don't know anything about his work ethic. A lot of people are talking about how he's not a, you know, a good worker and all that jazz. And if that's the case, we don't want him. But the amount of shooters that we have now and the, the guys that we have on our roster, if you put Ben Simmons at the point guard spot, that's pretty dangerous, if you ask me. But I, there's no way I'm giving up. Was it how much did they want? Four firsts is what they wanted. And like they wanted like swaps. every single first round pick ever, and then they wanted Keldon, Lonnie, and Dejounte. And that's just not gonna happen. <laughs> and it was just no, no. It, it's not gonna happen for the Spurs. It's not gonna happen anywhere else. They're they're asking price prices way high. And and I want to yeah. not to change the subject, but I do want to comment on what's going on in the comments a little bit right now. Um, and I kind of like what Spike Roshi says, talking to Anthony, don't think DJ has beef with Primo. He doesn't know how to have beef, <laughs> or he doesn't know him to have beef. Here's the thing I would say, and me and Ethan had this conversation. We were texting about this like a week ago or so. This whole summer, I've been even, I've been like, oh, look at what DeJounte's saying on social media, blah, blah, blah. Guys, DeJounte is just a former, like, DeJounte had a rough upbringing, and so that that causes him to be... And I'm not trying to speak for him, because, like, hey, DeJounte, if you ever listen to this, I'll never know what you went through, bro. Like, that's that's you. But, but like, when that stuff happens, like, there's... It, ha- it does things to you. You know what I mean? And so sometimes you just... You know, it's not... I'm not saying this is a negative. It just, you know, it is what it is. Um, And he's just wiling on social media frequently and I don't really think he means any of it. And I think that the Spurs also don't pay attention to it because I think if they did, they would, there would have been a big deal about it right now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if this was happening in 2006, it seems like it probably would have been, it would have been a problem for the Spurs. But I think now they just understand like these young guys and the way that the internet is. And, um, I don't think that just who he's following and who he's not following does not, to, to me, I don't really think so. What I look at now, because here's the thing, Anthony, this whole summer we were thinking that the DeJounte trade stuff is really real. And then he commented F no on a post saying, does DeJounte Murray want to be traded from the Spurs? And he commented like F no, all caps, and it wasn't just an F. And was like, have a great day. You know, like he's been, and then he's been like talking about the Spurs since then and all this stuff. And he's made all the posts like, man, y'all really make a lot of stuff out of social media. I didn't even name anybody. And that was with the the whole thing of him sending out the yikes emoji right after the primo pick. But that might have, I don't even know if that was directly in response to that. And it's just like, I think that DeJounte just might be like doing stuff 
he just posts cryptic stuff all the time. And you can't, we can't just assume that he's talking about anything that has to do with the Spurs because when we've done that in the past, all it's done is for us to go down these rabbit hole rumors that end up not being true. And maybe that me talking about this right now will be proven wrong someday. But after all, like DJ has been acting like this on Twitter since he has been a Spur in 2017. It's 2021. He's been doing it for four years. And there have been other players and other draft picks that he hasn't followed yet. Okay. I mean, like in the past that that he hasn't followed and we've had this conversation before. This might be literally like a hazing thing that he's just messing. Like it's not actually hazing, but y'all see what, like this might just be him messing with Primo. Like he may be like, hey, you got to earn that follow back, bro. You you know what I mean? (laughs) Like I, it could literally be that it could be something more than that, but I'm not, I I really doubt that. Um, I'm just not going to look into that too much. And after this whole summer and the way that, I looked into DeJounte and I got caught up in it. I was like, you can never get, you just can't moral of this rant. You can't get caught up in, in DeJounte's social media activities. Here's the moral of the story. He and Keldon flew out to Las Vegas to go watch the games, sit courtside, say what's up to everybody that was there, meet all the guys. There's pictures with him talking with Primo and dapping him up. And it looks pretty genuine. Like they're cool. So I don't think anybody's anything's going on there, but Anthony, I also understand how it's you can easily you know you you do wonder like why isn't he following him blah 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 but these dudes are NBA players they're busy social media is not real life moral of the story well said Jude <laughs> that concludes Jude's TED talk for today yes on on Dejounte Murray's social media post God we needed that this okay we have to clip that actually because that's that's like something that Spurs fans would be interested in um, but yeah. And 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 Abdi brings up a great point. He if that was about Primo, he didn't know his game just like all of us on draft day. Now Primo and Dejounte could easily mesh. I want hundred percent agree with that. Obviously Dejounte is the ball handler, but we know that Primo is willing to play different roles. He's yes, the Spurs would like to see him in the future as utilizing all of his skills as a ball handler. But if they need him to play next to Dejounte and find his shooting spots and basically play like Wies camp, he can do that and he can do it effectively. So 100%. I want to address IB's 34. They might be playing chicken with the Sixers and we would get Ben Simmons trade uh, maybe down the road sometime when it's a more reasonable deal. Uh, maybe, but as much as I think that Ben Simmons would fit on our team, I'm also not, I'm also a realist and the odds of him staying with the Spurs long-term are probably extremely slim so if we're going to give up something like... Speaking of a million GNU down there, he, he just mentioned what you were talking about. Yeah, thank you, my man. Yeah, he's not... He, his con, Whenever his contract ends, or even maybe before that, because he is with Clutch Sports, and we all know how Clutch Sports operates, um, maybe they would just you know demand a trade from San Antonio because it's a small market. Who knows? I think he fits on paper, but I don't think it would work out long-term. And even if a trade did go through, I would be so upset if we gave up... Keldon, if we gave up Primo, uh, any of those guys, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's really weird. Like, I know that we've talked about like, oh, we've got this clog at guard, you know what I mean? But it's like, I don't want to give up any of them for Brent yeah. Simmons at the same time. Like, <laughs> so me neither. The yeah. only thing I would, uh, Aubrey wants to know, what would we offer for Simmons? I like this question. Uh, I, I'd, I'd give up. And I don't know how any of this works out with the cap. So this might not even be a possible trade. So Ben Simmons for, I'd give up DJ because they're going to want a point guard in return. 
Yeah. And I'd give up Lonnie Walker. I'd give up Lonnie too. I, I think he's from Philly too. I think. Right? Yes, he's so from like Redding. Nice he's from Redding, Pennsylvania, which yeah. is yeah. And then I'd give up like two firsts, and that's probably it. Maybe I'd, a pick swap down the line. Maybe yeah, maybe a pick swap, but I, I'm not giving up more than that because I'm with you. Yeah, long term, he's not he's not going to stay with us more than likely. And I I think, you know, when I'm looking at the roster, those are the guys that I would trade to, unfortunately. I think that Derek can easily slide back into the point guard position, and he's going to... I hate to say this, but he's just going to be better than DeJounte. Unfortunately, that's just how I feel. Um, With his shooting ability, he'd he'd be just as good of a playmaker, and he might be a step down defensively, but it's like, you know... Not, not. He's still an elite perimeter defender, um, in my opinion, at least. Maybe, well, maybe not elite, but he is an above-average perimeter defender. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've still got, uh, like, like June Telford says down here, Josh Primo. It's his world, right? You can trade Lonnie, and you can still feel confident about your shooting guard position with what Primo has shown so far. Or Devin, um, yeah, or Devin, or Wieskamp. I mean, when you yeah. clear out that shooting guard position, those guys can slide over and play there too. So, I, and I didn't even think about that yet. Yeah, it would probably be Devin, most likely. Yeah, you know what? Throw um, Bryn Forbes into that trade scenario, yeah. too. We'll give yes, him Bryn. Yeah, yeah give, give him that, too. They need some more shooting, him and Steph Curry. Yeah, perfect. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think the two guys that I would trade out of our young guards would be DeJounte and Lonnie, just because I feel like you've kind of, Maybe you, ha- you haven't seen DeJounte's ceiling, no. but, but with the way that you would play with Ben Simmons, you would need... If you're trading for Ben Simmons, you have to choose Derek over DeJounte. Just straight up because of shooting. Everything else, they do pretty much similar. Um, and then Lonnie, it's just this past year, the way that it worked out. He's just a victim of, honestly, De- it's it's not DeMar DeRozan's fault, but he's a victim of that whole situation, which is crazy. Lonnie Walker is a victim of Kawhi Leonard, Ethan. Aren't we all? <laughs> Literally, that guy victimized the whole city. <laughs> We were supposed to win a championship, Jude. (laughs) It's okay. He wanted to, you know, honestly, the one thing, and y'all may not like this right now. I know we're in, this is Spurs fandom. But let me say that, look, if Kawhi was going to leave and the whole reason was that he wanted to go to L.A., respect for picking the Clippers. Can, Can we all agree to that? That he didn't go play with LeBron and he's trying to revive, like, the most desolate franchise, like, ever? You know, you know what I mean? And and so I'll say that. And I don't know where I was going with that, but I see the comments are popping off. Um, <laughs> anyways, but Abdi Yusuf, I never want to put ceilings on young player, but I never seen DeJounte becoming an all-star caliber guard. I could maybe see that, but but I get I, I like your comment though. That's what like I don't want to put ceilings on DeJounte and Lonnie, but I just feel like they're their ceilings were not saying they weren't high, but they weren't as high as the the other guys that we have. And I don't want to trade like well, you could maybe say Lonnie's is higher than like a Wees Camp, but you don't want to trade Wees Camp after you just drafted him. I don't even think we can. So, and then Eric, Eric, you're always in here. We appreciate you, my guy. Yeah. I I I see I see what you're saying. Um, and I can I definitely the athlete part. Um, the 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 point. That's where I think it's it's definitely a debate for sure. Um. I think I just go back, and this is, once again, this is all opportunity, but when I go back to the bubble, and and I know that this is in the past, but the bubble and um, the Denver series, the way that 
that that Derek played in those two situations. It I, it's personally for my taste, he showed me a little bit more as a point guard. Um, with that being said, I still think that we have also talked about how Dejounte. I've talked about moving Dejounte to the two because he's a more natural bucket than Derek. So it's not like you know DJ doesn't have some things that are be- that he's better at than Derek, but. In this situation, if we're, once again, if we're trading for Ben Simmons, you want the shooter over DJ, who is kind of the inconsistent shooter right now. And and June, I, I, I'm with you on Ben Simmons. This is this is all hypothetical. If we did have to to get yeah. him, I, he's not somebody that I really want. Me neither. Um, either and and Spike Roshi, I'm with you. Ceiling Ben Simmons hasn't added to his game since he's been in. Yeah, no, he has. And I'm an LSU fan too. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how Cam Thomas was able to get them two rounds deep. But Ben Simmons only got LSU to the NIT. Like, anyways, yeah. and I know it's not all about like I don't want it to just make it like crap on Ben Simmons Day, but but that's what's infuriating about Ben Simmons though, because I don't hate There's him. There's so much, much as, talent. Yeah, June Telford hates obviously does not like him, and I know, and I don't necessarily want him on the team either. I don't think that that trade would be smart. That was just our hypothetical. If it went through, what would we give up? But what makes me so mad about Ben Simmons is. If he were to go to the Spurs now, now that everyone hates him, literally, I don't think he has any fans anymore. Even people that were diehard Ben Simmons fans aren't diehard Ben Simmons fans anymore. No, everyone's yeah. given up on him. So this would be his opportunity to be like, crap, I've really dug myself into a hole here. I should have been working on my jump shot more. I should have been doing X, Y, and Z. Let me go to a small market like San Antonio where they, their specialty is developing young guys. Because he has so much natural ability that if he just worked just that much more, Jude, he would be incredible. But he doesn't. And you're right. His stats are literally the, almost exactly the same as Ajante. So there's not much on paper either. I like I like June's comment. <laughs> Give him Thaddeus Young, Eubanks, and two <laughs> I'm not giving up Eubanks for anything unless it's yeah. Kevin Durant. Yeah. I'm not giving up Eubanks. <laughs> I'm not giving up Eubanks unless... It's Eubanks. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Okay, Eubanks. speaking of Eubanks, y'all got to be watching the Eubanks Instagram stories. He was, you know, look, I know we were talking about Bryn Forbes, and, you know, we don't really want to see him seeing the roster. But look, if Bryn Forbes is running pick and pops with Drew and, and Eubanks is just splashing him, you know, I think that that's, that's probably the most dangerous pick and roll in the league. Eubanks is not garbage, June. We need to clean up, clean up Eubanks. the comment section. Eubanks is gonna go off this season, no, bro. Okay, no, okay, now, and we're dead serious about this. We're not joking. Eubanks, remember how a while back, like I don't know if y'all, any of y'all in here, uh, remember this, but we were talking about the possibility of Eubanks playing the four. And I know that this is all just video, and it's like open gym kind of, and Lucas putting in that work too. Yes, sir. But let me tell you, Drew Eubanks is cooking. This man can shoot now. He can shoot, and if he can shoot, it really looks like he can shoot. And if he can shoot, he can play the four. And if Drew Eubanks can play the four, that adds so much more size and versatility to all of our lineups. Eric Piscina, Drew, vice president of the Coffee Gang. He's going to be the president of the Power Forward Splash Gang uh, after this season, I hope. Um, but it really does look like he is so much improved as a shooter. And he, you said that he went on Ty Yeager's podcast and talked about it, actually, right? Mm-hmm. That was a good interview. It's so, y'all, I'm tell- Drew is going to be a sniper now, and he can play the four, I hope, man. That, it really looks like it could be a possibility. 
I'm going on a limb right now, Jude. Okay. Drew Eubanks going to average a double-double this season. Okay. We need to hold this. This this is something we need to remember. He's going to average a double-double. Okay. And he's going to shoot 40% from three. I hope I don't know. It's gonna happen. Look, if he can if he can get up to like 35 36% then that make means it, a, make it 45. Yeah. <laughs> I've nothing to lose. I'll go to my grave. Yeah. Defending you. Jose there. Jose Garcia has another really good point. I think that this might be, you know, no hate to everybody else in here, but this might be my favorite comment so far. DJ has given his heart to this team. It's true. Simmons would bounce as soon as he could. And that's so true. I mean, look, after all of the BS that Spurs fans have given DeJounte over this offseason, he's still, and for all the crap he's done, he's still on Instagram, you know, defending and talking about, like, I have no desire to leave the Spurs and how he wants this a part of his future. And that that's a fact. That's something that, you know, that the Spurs really value that we probably don't don't talk mm-hmm. about as much so shout out to Keldon johnson i saw his instagram story at the gym at two in the morning oh yes My man's working yes. gold Ooh. medalist got that gold medal work ethic <laughs> that's another double double average right there <laughs> all right ethan well you have any other well here we got a we got a question right here how many minutes does drew play i think drew especially if he really can play both the four and the five and they're gonna play him at the four more i think he's gonna get probably 15 to 17 minutes a game. I was going to say 15 to 20, yeah. Mm-hmm. Around there. It also depends on how well Jakob Pertl's playing. Yes, yeah. That is true. But I think he's going to get minutes regardless. Mm-hmm. True. So. Lonnie working out with Dwight Howard. Yep, yep. That is true. <laughs> future future Laker. Um, maybe. They actually, Lonnie would help them is the crazy thing. I don't know what we could get from them, but... Uh, mellow and a retiree player. Yes, Eubanks and Forbes have been in the gym with Sean Dockery. I don't know who Sean Dockery is, but I saw the story of them in the gym together. So, yeah. We haven't heard from Collins yet. Yeah, what do you mean by that, Jose? I think he means our Collins, Zach Collins. Why haven't we heard from him? Um, He did a little interview, right? I saw that. He was talking about how he's he's always liked the Spurs kind of growing up and stuff. I I heard some did you if you meant something else by that, tell us. But I mean he did his little official thing and he did his photo shoot and all that. Um and did the little interview. So I mean We haven't seen him working out. We haven't we haven't heard he's... him but th- but he's hurt, so mm-hmm. that's probably why we haven't heard from him yet. It's just yeah. that he's not playing because he's recovering. So Yeah. I think I think that um somebody else earlier in the comments we didn't answer it but they said like how long is Zach going to be out? I think mid-season is probably a good bet. Mm-hmm. I think at longest the All-Star break and I think that's a stretch. Like I think he'll probably be back you know a couple like at least a month before then but maybe maybe that long. So yeah. Awesome. Jock Landale minutes. That's what matters. He probably will get some if we view banks smooth. No, at the beginning of the year he may. Yeah. Because uh with homeboy um Zach Collins being hurt. So exciting season, Jude. I'm I'm really pumped for because we honestly don't know what's gonna happen. Like legitimately. We don't know what the lineup's gonna be. We don't know who's gonna get minutes. 
we don't know. <laughs> this is one of the first times that's happened. I like what, what what June's saying here. Drew needs to be the fourth big, and and I know that we were just talking about Drew Eubanks's developments, um, but I think that the team takes a bigger step forward if Luca and Jock step up. I do agree with that. I do agree with that because straight up, Luca and Jock just have more to their physical stu- tool set uh, than Eubanks has at his disposal. Literally, just because of size, right? And mm-hmm. so if those guys like step up and reach like what we think they can be then yeah they'd be better they, they'd be guys who deserve minutes over eubanks um but right now i think that eubanks <laughs> eubanks has more nba experience than either of them so um, Jacques landale's baby food for eubanks let's not go crazy baby food um, i'm so surprised not, not a lot of people like eubanks bro i thought i was like the captain of this train but it looks like i'm riding alone me and jude yep yeah, it's just only. I guess it's just us. It's just us, Eubanks. man. I guess no one else sees it. Even my friends, they like him. Oh, and Eubanks is like trash. I could tee up Eubanks. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, Jose Garcia. Yeah, no, no comments on the sign. Well, he he had a couple of. I think he. Let me find it. He basically was just. He did say a little bit um, about the Spurs. In the, I can't find it, but if you go to the Spurs like social media page, they do the little the interviews with them and it may have not actually been an interview with Zach Collins but there was a little like article or something that had a quote from him and it was just him talking about how like he's always wanted to be with the Spurs since he's grown up you can also there's a lot of stuff floating around now too that he's a spur he tweeted about the Spurs like when he was in high school like a ton he was like yep Tony Parker hits this shot Spurs gonna Spurs like just stuff like that you know just little compliments here and there just showing his respect on Twitter um to our squad so that's all it really was there um, with Zach. That's all he said. Um, Tony Viriel, thoughts on playoff chances if we keep the current roster. Go Spurs, go. Um, go Spurs, go as well. I think that this team, and I know there's a lot of news going around. Well, it all depends. It de- If our guys, like if DeJounte and Derek step up and are, you know, they're, they're the leaders of the team, right? And Derek's averaging around 20 and DeJounte's averaging around 20. Um, then I think that we can compete for a, a 7 8 seed. We can get in the play in. I think we can compete for the play in. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think, regardless, we're going to be in the play in. Even if, whether we're seven, the 7 seed or we're the 10 seed, I think that our ceiling and our floor is the play in. Well, our floor is actually lower than the play in, but I think y'all get what I mean. Playoff yeah. chances wise, it's just the play in, I think, is where we're going to end up. I'm looking at the Western Conference right now because I actually I, I always have been saying I think our ceiling right now is the play-in tournament. So I'm going to go through this real quick, and you tell me if the Spurs you think are going to beat any of these teams. Okay, they're not going to beat the Jazz. No, not going to beat the Suns. No, not going to beat the Nuggets. Nope, not going to beat the Clippers. Even though the Clippers will fall down. No, but we're still not going to beat them. They're not going to beat the Mavericks. You know, the Mavericks probably will. We're not going to beat the Warriors either. That's not going to beat the team. Warriors. Not going to beat the Lakers. Nope. How many oh, teams better... is that? That's seven. Are we going to beat the Grizzlies? Maybe. <laughs> but, a, but that's not. That's, that's, yeah, like last year we had a close game with them. It's still, I feel like, the same place. Are we going to beat the Blazers? I'm not convinced of that. Even I don't, if CJ's that's gone. I, yeah, no. Are we going to beat the Pelicans? Are they going to, is Zion going to propel that team to the playoffs? Yeah, that's a, that's a great Maybe. question. Didn't the Kings add somebody too? The Kings got Davion Mitchell and 
somebody else. I don't know. And maybe yeah, it's not. It doesn't they matter. Got a, they got another center, maybe. Yeah. They're going to be a tough team for us still, too. Yeah, there's the Kings. Because Buddy, I, wait, is Buddy healed on the Lakers? No. Okay. I don't think I don't think he was trade. I think yeah. he's still on the Kings. I think so too. I, I, th- I think we are better than the Timberwolves as of right now because they have a few injuries, but that could turn are we, around. Are, that like, could turn are around. We, if they're yeah, all healthy, if they're all D'Angelo healthy, we're Russell, not. Malik Beasley, Anthony, uh, what's his last face? Season, Anthony Edwards. Last season they Cat. were cat yeah last season they were injury prone and they're that, that big four that you just said didn't really play together that often and they were 23 and 49 we were 33 and 39 we won 10 more games if the timberwolves are all healthy i think that they're better than us but that's a big if because cat has i don't think he's gone through a season without being hurt d i don't know if he's really had that much he's, he's nagging injuries most of the time too yeah and, I, I, no the, the timberwolves will timberwolf so there's definitely a chance we're better than them. Um, we're I wanna, better than them. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to go on June's comment here from a little bit because I think that this is a very good question. Why is everyone not interested in Luca's development anymore? I think he has a chance to be special. If you go watch his G League tape, you'll you'll think that Luca has a chance to be special. If you go watch some of his other tape when he played internationally professionally youth can think that Luca has the chance to be special. The problem is when you put him on an NBA floor, you think that he you think that he, that that possibility is completely out of the window and is in fact insane. <laughs> um so that's I think why everybody's not as interested in Luca's development anymore. With that being said, I think now that he has this is his opportunity and he can fix all of that this year. It's kind of like Lonnie. Um and I do give him the benefit of the doubt you're playing behind LaMarcus, you're playing, there's just all this crap that went on, you didn't get consistent playing time, when you did get a chance, you got pulled, so I'm not giving up on Luka, and I think that he still does have a chance to be special, but the reason why everybody's kind of writing him off is it's like, well, we just got Zach Collins, we just got Jock Landale, and I know that Jock Landale hasn't played in the NBA, but he's played in the NBL and he's played pretty well against. He's shown more against the Olympic team than Luca did all season last year. So that I feel like that's how some people feel. And on top of that, you still, I mean, Eubanks um, really showed. I know that you're saying we we just have to push Eubanks down the depth chart, but to be fair, Eubanks has shown way more than Luca has in the NBA. He's done way more, and that's just. I mean, and, and, and honestly, and, so, and if he can shoot now, it's like. What, what's even the point? They're the same age. I know that yeah. Luca has this chance to be special, and he's this really intriguing European prospect that Tim Duncan recruited and, and, and wanted to really draft. But the thing is, we drafted this guy like 10 picks after him, and he just makes him look like Luca doesn't even, like, isn't even anywhere near ready. And that guy's name is Kelton Johnson. We drafted him 10 picks later, and he's already on the Olympic team. I think that's why that's another reason why people yeah. are kind of not as interested in in Luca's development anymore. There's just, you know, and 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 it's not his fault. It's not his fault. He has done what he's needed to do and do. I'm talking about this and you got to remember too that this is really Luca's what? This will be his third year playing American basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, you still got to give him a chance, but 
you gotta it, we gotta see something before mm-hmm. we can before we can believe in Luca. We need to see something from him on 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 an NBA floor. And so far, really, all we've seen we've seen him hit a couple good shots, make a couple good plays in the post in 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 post play defensively. But other than that, it's just been deer in headlights. Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't think Eubanks. I know I'm I'm a big defender of Eubanks, but this is just me being practical here not being emotional. I don't think Eubanks is in Luca's way at the moment. I think the only person that Eubanks is in the way of is maybe Jacques Landale. Um, honestly, other than that, I don't think Eubanks, um, because Eubanks is a playing center at this point. He's not playing power forward. If they move him there, then he's in the way. But the only person in his way is Thaddeus Young at this point. You know what I'm so saying? So right now, he's going to be the backup four. Yeah, and we've gotten Unless. Yes. Unless Jock Landale plays in there. And let me remind you guys that in his ESPN Australia interview, he said that he saw himself as more of a four. Do the Spurs see him as more of a four is a completely different question. But with his shooting ability and with Brian Wright saying that they want to get size and more size on the team, that's a possibility. I'm just saying if Luca is still... Look, we know how this... With the Bryn Forbes signing and everything... There is a chance that Devin Vassell and Trey Jones are still playing in Austin this year. I mean, maybe not. We hope not. But there is a chance that that could happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so going back to this this eubanks Luca thing, if that's the case, I can't really rule out the chance of Jock Landale potentially starting over Luca. You know what I mean? It, it just mm-hmm. really depends on what we see from Pop this year. And once again, we're kind of just all speculative right now and don't really have any information because... This is the first time the Spurs have gone through a major roster overhaul mm-hmm. since ever, <laughs> like, yeah. since the 90s, you know, in our lifetime. So that's yeah. that's that's the thing. June, I will say that there's definitely a chance that um, Luca could have, Luca definitely has more upside than Drew. I think that he, his ceiling is, is higher if he hits on everything that, that he could be, um, good at right especially his playmaking because he can do everything drew can um but drew can't really dribble and playmake like he has that's the thing that he has above him so if he can get that going that'd be great um would you guys rather have luca or lonnie have a breakout season this season okay that's a great question million um also do you want to start ethan or sure mine's pretty simple uh i'd rather have luca have a breakout season because lonnie's already had a chance technically I know he was kind of hindered by Rudy and Damar and and Patty but Luca has literally had no chance to have a breakout season so I'd rather him have a breakout season and we would need a player to have a breakout his position is more of a need right now than Lonnie's if Lonnie doesn't have a breakout we have Devin there we have you know uh Wies Camp Primo like we have other options if that doesn't work out if Luca doesn't work out we got Zach Collins and an expiring Thaddeus Young contract, and that's it. So I'd rather Luca work out. Yeah, I'm with you 100% too, but my reasoning is just because we have some, like, basically primo. That's my reasoning. Mm. That, I, I, could, I could elaborate further, but I think you guys get it. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. I see you in the comments. Yes, appreciate we appreciate you. you. And did I don't know if Devin, did Devin play in Austin this year? No. Ethan? No, he did not. So he did not spike, but I was saying that, I don't know. Hopefully not. That actually is a good point that he didn't play in Austin last year. But this is a very mm-hmm. different team this year. And they've signed some guys like McDermott. So I'm just saying there's a chance that Facel could still be 
um, or could play for Austin this year. And also last year, the G League was a bubble. That's another thing too. So that also factors into decision-making. If the G League wasn't a bubble and he was just driving up to Austin, I guarantee you Devin Vassell probably would have played uh, some more G League games last year. Rob, yes, shout out to you. And June, if Luka breaks out, um, the team is dangerous. Definitely, if Luka is, is a better player, we're more dangerous than than we were before. Like you were talking about a lot of those teams. Um, if Luka can, you know, really just become a positive <laughs> player on the floor when he's on the floor with us and, and can do the things that we expected him to do when we drafted him, um, then, then that will definitely give the Spurs a, a big boost whenever it comes to playoff chances. Um, lottery in the second year in Austin, unless he regressed, I don't see it. Yeah, I think I think once again that was just in regards to the signings um because right now if this also depends on who the Spurs play, but right now if you look at the 3s on the roster, now once again maybe the Spurs play Keldon Johnson at the 4, but if they play Keldon Johnson at the 3 and they play and maybe they play Doug McDermott at the 4 too, but with why with Thaddeus Young and Lucas Samanich, if you're going to play Lucas Samanich then you got to play Thaddeus Young at the four, but maybe they're not going to play Lucas Samanich. Maybe they're going to play Doug McDermott and Thaddeus Young off the bench at the four. There's a lot of questions, but because of the fact that right now at the three, we have Keldon Johnson and we have Doug McDermott, and then at the four, we have Lucas Samanich, Thaddeus Young, and um, Jock Landale, that's why I'm saying that there's a chance that Devin Vassell um, could play in Austin. And then when you go to the shooting guard position, you have Bryn Forbes, um, Lonnie Walker, and Derek White. So I don't see where the minutes are for Devin Vassell. All of those guys have more NBA experience than him. So that's, and I don't agree with it, but that's why I I don't see that, I don't think that it's a good idea to put a lottery pick in in his second year in Austin. But when you look at the roster, it's like, unfortunately, that that might be the chance. Um, Yeah. So, and then also, Christian, I like, yeah, we don't want Lonnie to break out because then we'd have to pay him a lot. Um, and and we, we're already having to pay so many guys. Um, and Million, I love the big body too. And, and I think KJ can definitely play that four. But I think that he's just, once again, he's more of a three. Ethan, you've talked about it. His value is maximized when he's played that three. And is Derek healthy again? So he could have actually played last year. Um, in the bubble, but the Spurs just, they were like, look, he's had a, so many injuries. We're just gonna, we're gonna let him sit out the year, get back to healthy this whole, cause he, hey, that was his second surgery on that foot, right? Yeah. And, and from what I understand too, that I know that maybe like always oh, had two surgeries on his foot, but it's, it's not the end of the concern. It seemed like there was an issue that he thought he could play through mid year. And then that's why he was so spotty. And then he played for however long he played and then got hurt again. And it was because that issue wasn't completely fixed the first time. So ideally, all those issues are completely now with this last surgery, everything should be good to go. Um, But that is as much as I love Derek and I believe in him and I like that we paid him. um, That's a that's a great point, June. Like if Derek is injury plagued again this next season, it's like, you know, we love Derek to death. But is he worth having on the roster and paying him this contract if he's only going to play 40 games, you know? So all, all uh, good questions there for sure. So, But from what we've heard, as much as we've heard of Derek, he's good to go. He'll be ready to play preseason and opening night of the regular season. So, Perfect. 
That's all I got, Ethan. I think uh, on the all I got, Ethan. All That's I got, all I got Ethan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I agree with what you said about about Devin. If he were to go to Austin, it wouldn't be because he regressed or he's you know somehow worse now than he was last year. It's just because last year we needed him to play, and this year we have a lot more guys on the roster. And the Spurs coaching staff. If we know anything about the Spurs coaching staff, Jude, they will always choose. The older guys over yes. the younger guys, always. So that's the only reason. If you want him to get playing time, he's going to probably have to go to Austin unless someone gets hurt or they surprise us and they, they play him for some reason. Yeah, and, and you know, the other alternative Spike Roshi just brought up, maybe they just don't play him. <laughs> maybe he's just on the NBA roster and they don't play him um, yeah. because they don't think that the G League is of any benefit to him, which that's uh, honestly probably now that you mentioned that spike that's probably the most likely thing actually is just him him not playing which sucks too but you know i can see that as well yeah last thing i want to say jude Mm -hmm. my man june telford make sure you go watch my man jury banks (laughs) g league highlights if we're gonna base what lucas ominich has potential wise on his g league play you gotta look at my man drew eubanks g league play because he was a menace in the G League for the Austin Spurs. <laughs> that dude was the GOAT, Mr. Hookshot. Yes, yes. And, hey, I like the killer lineup he's got. DJ, Lonnie, KJ, Jock, and Pirtle. That'd be a fun one. That'd be a super athletic lineup with some size. Um, and Million Gnu here, we'll, we'll, we'll say this before we wrap up. This will probably be the last one here. Um, I know our player development is esteemed throughout the NBA, but where does our player rehabilitation take an injury team rank with other NBA programs? That is interesting. I think that's a really good question because I know that there's a lot of their like Spurs training staff. Yay. But we have mm-hmm. like f- consistently had kind of players who have had little injuries, you know, throughout their careers. Did it deter them from being Hall of Famers? No, not necessarily. But that is um, that that is something that I think that's a good question. That's I don't know. I wish I knew where that that ranked. But I think that's a great question, especially, you know, staffs move people, people move. And, you know, you don't really get to hear much about the training staff, you know, when it comes to the offseason. You got to wonder, hmm, I wonder if maybe the training staff changed before all these Derek White, uh, you know, injury issues. Maybe hopefully that's not the case. We definitely don't want that disaster to happen. But um, you never know. You never know. So anyways, Jose Garcia, Devin going to Austin with Trey would be a chance for them to them to ball and not ride the bench here. Yeah, hopefully they're both playing um, here because that's another thing. We're not winning the chip this year. I know we say that so many times, but much love to you guys, as always. In the comments, SSBN says much love. Ethan, <laughs> that was you. We are SSBN, and we say much love. Yes. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. But anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for, for checking out the stream. If you want to follow us on Twitter, um, here's the little ads. It's just our names. Um, and then also, we... Once again, we just have this lovely little graphic. I know that we're leaving, but thanks again. If this is your first time, welcome to SSPN. Go Spurs, go. Um, And we'll see you guys in the next one. Catch y'all.